You're listening to the Make Life Epic Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Make Life Epic Podcast. It's Jim Simcoe. Hope you had a great weekend. It's the day after Memorial Day. I am beyond sore because I took part in our CrossFit Gym's Murph workout, which is a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another mile run. And uh, in our gym, we did it with, or I did it with a partner. Um, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. I'm so glad I did it, but man, I can like barely walk right now. Anyway, so today's episode is all about how to write a book and how to specifically write a book for non-writers. So if you are not a writer, then this is the episode for you. And before we get into uh, how to write a book and why it's so damn cool to be a published author, even if you've never written anything beyond a one-page uh, paper in high school. Uh, I want to. I have a couple of announcements. One of the one of a one announcement I'm really excited about is that I'm going to be launching a coaching club very soon. Um, kind of unlike other coaching clubs that you see out there, this one's going to be really, really interactive and really um, geared to help you get the most out of life. Very interactive, very personalized, very customized. I'll have more on that in in upcoming episode, but that's something that's coming up. I'm also doing a Hero Up Summit event in September with a good friend, and this is going to be a three-day event. Um, so if you kind of think of Breakfast Club meets Spartan Race with the chili peppers in the background while you're eating some fish tacos, that might be a, uh, one way to describe it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be unlike any other retreat you've ever seen, and uh, really, really stoked about that and, and about the coaching club, and I'll have more announcement, uh, more announcements on that in the near future. And then also before we get started in the show, I do have two shout outs of things uh, that I'm using and things that I'm reading that I want to tell you guys about that I'm super stoked on. The first one is a, is a group, is a company called Groove Rings. So they make silicon wedding rings or silicon rings. I've been wearing one. Uh, I've been wearing a black one recently. They sent, uh, I got one from them and I love it. I mean, like you can wear this thing at the beach. You can wear this thing at the gym or on the office. It just looks good, like dressed up, you know, or if you're doing something active, the thing I think I love about it the most is my actual wedding ring, which is, you know, sort of your standard platinum ring. I like wearing it, but because it's metal, um, and because it's nice, I just don't want to wear it on a regular basis because I don't want to jack it up. Like I don't want to wear it at the gym. I don't want to wear it you know, when I'm, you know, riding a bike or doing anything because I'm afraid of it, of scratching it up or, you know, banging it up or getting my finger caught on something, which I've done plenty of times. And so these groove rings are fantastic. They're, they're, you know, they're pretty inexpensive. They look cool. And I guess the thing is like, you know, if you, if you lose it, it's really not that big a deal because you can just go get another one. So it's, there's a, I mean, I guess it's like a big difference between having a thousand dollar ring on your finger and a ring that costs a lot less and, and it's way more comfortable. Um, if you're, you know, if it's hot outside and you're sweating, it's still comfortable to wear and you're not worried about it sliding off your finger. So groove rings, um, something I'm really stoked on and I'm really digging and I've been telling a lot of people about it. Love them. Check them out online. I'll put them in the show notes where you can read about them, uh, or link to their site. And the other thing is I'm reading, you know, I don't know if you know the brand life is good, but I just read the story about how the two brothers started their company selling t-shirts out of their car um, in the, in the Massachusetts area. 
And man, what a what a cool company. I mean, they're they're just such a cool company. I love the book. I love their clothes. I like all their all their products. So I just want to you know tell you about them. Um, I'm not getting paid to tell you anything about these about any of these things. I'm just telling you that you know that I dig them. So I was thinking you know you might dig them as well. Um, and then the last one is Mantra Magazine, which is kind of a yoga and health magazine, but it's not the usual yoga and health magazine. It's got a lot of really cool stuff in it and really applicable to today's day and age. So anyway, so those are my shout outs for the day and the announcements for the day. Um, I want to get into writing a book. So, so really the goal of this podcast in many ways is to show you that you're able to do something that sort of would be, you know, you might think is out of reach, but really isn't. And book publishing is really one of those things. I mean, when I published my book last year, Hero Up, Unleash Your Inner Hero and Make Life Epic, before I did it, I was just, I was just, you know, I always thought that like, look, there's no way I'm going to be able to publish a book. I don't know anything about book publishing. I don't know anything about writing. Um, but I just felt like I had a book inside me. So I wanted, I wanted to figure it out. And so one thing I realized after writing it is, is that it is, while it's complicated, and, and, you know, somewhat difficult, just about anybody can do this. And I really believe that there are three main reasons for you to consider writing a book. And the first one is, is that you have a story. So whether you believe it or not, or whether you realize it or not, you have a story in you. So there is something about your unique life story that, or a skill that you have, um, that is valuable in the world and like that the world would be a better place if you're able to tell your story. The other thing is when you write a book is that, is that it's insanely empowering. So it's one of those things that when you do it, um, it's such an empowering experience and something that's so, uh, you feel so good about after you've gotten it done. And even in the process, it's just, you just feel empowered because you, when you're done, you're a published author, which is amazing. And I think the third reason to write a book is that right now it's easier than ever to self-publish, like using tools like CreateSpace on Amazon, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it's easier than ever to self-publish. So all the traditional built-in excuses of why you shouldn't publish, like, you know, you got to find, you know, you got to write uh, a treatment and find an editor and find a book publisher. And they get so many submissions that you don't want to submit anything. Like all of those excuses are largely out of the, out the window. And okay, so with that in mind, there are some steps to figure out your book and to, and to write your book. The very first one is to determine your goal. Okay, so what is your goal? Do you want to inspire your readers? Are you looking to educate them? Are you looking just to entertain them? Whatever it is, that's by far the biggest thing you can do is to figure out what your goal is of writing your book is first. So figure that out first. The second thing is to pick a topic that moves you. So when I was writing my book, um, I really, I really wanted to write a book that I wanted to read. And so many of the, you know, quote unquote, self-help books out there, you know, their references were a little archaic or they didn't appeal to me. Um, you know, they would use quotes from, you know, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and 
you know, just sort of your stand Winston Churchill, sort of your standard quotes. And in our book, in my book, I mean, I use Tupac and I use the chili peppers and the doors and Biggie and, and Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant, like stores and anecdotes from, from more modern day people that I can relate to. So I wanted to write a book like that. And I wanted to write a top on a topic that really moves me. So it doesn't matter what your topic is. You might be really, really into writing or reading about model airplanes or Star Wars or the Milwaukee Bucks for whatever reason. Um, whatever your topic is, pick a topic that moves you and start there. The third thing to do in, in, in steps to write a book is to figure out what you're going to write. Uh, excuse me, figure out what type of book you want to write. Do you want to write a fiction book, a nonfiction book, an illustrated book, comic book, whatever it is, figure out the type of book that you want to, uh, you want to write. The fourth thing is to figure out when you're going to write. So if you're anything like me, you probably don't have a lot of time, a lot of extra time on your hands. So you have to figure out, okay, like if I'm going to write this book, when am I going to, um, when am I going to be able to write? Am I going to write late at night? Am I going to write on my lunch breaks? Am I going to write in the morning? Um, and, and along those lines, there is a great book called daily rituals. And I'll link to it in the show notes. It talks about all these famous authors, writers, and painters, and just, um, artists of, of all different types. And, and it tells you kind of what their rituals were and when they wrote and, you know, like Thomas Wolf used to write naked, standing up, writing on top of his refrigerator. Cause he was so tall. Uh, there, there are a couple artists who, who they would write just furiously some from like five in the morning until uh, 12 in the afternoon and then just drink wine and eat the rest of the day. So it's just kind of a, it's a really interesting book. Um, I'll, I'll link it in the show. That's probably one of the best books I've ever read. And it's uh, I think, I think that you'll, you'll dig seeing how some of these people write and it'll also help you to figure out, okay, when could I write when, when would work? So you figure out when you're going to write. The fifth thing to do is to do an outline first. So this is a crucial step. I hated doing outlines in school, but I will tell you in writing a book, doing an outline first is probably one of the best things I ever did. Um, and I'm going to tell you in a little, in a little bit um, about how to use index cards to do an outline. Cause I think that's one of the things that will save, just save you so much time and just save you so much angst um, in using index cards. The sixth thing, okay, so this one is important too, is to determine your position on research. So what I mean by that, whether you're writing a nonfiction book or a fiction book, think about research. So there's, so think of any book that you read, right? A lot of times they will quote somebody or they'll reference a study or they'll refer back to some other material. Do you want to have a book like that? Um, where you'll have to reference everything, which there's nothing wrong with that. Or do you want a book like my book where none of that is, you know, I don't reference anything in my book. It's all based on experience and my own personal beliefs. Um, one of the reasons I chose to do my book that way and make it based on experiences and personal beliefs rather than a bunch of research is that number one, it was easier. Um, and then also two, it's hard to argue with a book or, or with an author when it's based on their beliefs and uh, their experiences. It's very easy to argue with somebody if they, if they uh, 
reference a paper or some other research because you could, there's always, you know, 50 other papers that refute whatever the main argument is. So think of what your position on research is. And that largely depends on what type of book you're writing. Cause if you're writing a fiction book, you're probably, it's probably not a concern. If you're writing a nonfiction book, it does become a concern. It's like, what is your position on research? So, so think of that first before, before you put a pen to paper. And then the last step to write a book um, is this is to really think of your book like your favorite movie, right? So your favorite movie, whatever it is, takes you on a journey. So from the very beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, it takes you on a journey. So that's kind of what you want your book to do. So like one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Goodwill Hunting, where you got Matt Damon he's sort of this uh, emotionally repressed uh, genius kid uh, working a dead end job because be, because he doesn't want to take advantage of his intelligence and because he's, you know, he'd been sexually and, and um, uh, abused in the past and he's got all these friends. And so basically the metamorphosis that he goes through to the end where he becomes a little bit more connected to really who he should be and uh, being less afraid to go out in the world and really challenge himself and take advantage of his gifts. It really takes you on a journey. It makes you think, and it's one of those movies that stays with you after you're done watching it. So think of your book the same way. How do you want your book to stay with your readers when they're done reading it? When they put down your book, uh, sorry, I'm taking some water. They put down your book. How do you want them to feel afterwards? What are the things that you want them to feel? So those are the steps. Determine your goal, pick a topic that moves you, figure out what type of book you want to do, fiction, nonfiction, illustrated, figure out when you're going to write, do an outline first using index cards. We'll talk about in a little bit. Determine your position on research and think of your book like a movie. Okay. So let's get into some of the tools that I used, and again, I'm just using my own personal experience of writing a book because I really wasn't much of an author before this, um, but I really wanted to write a book. And again, I think it's such an empowering thing for you to do. So some of the tools I used, one of the best things I used was a book called um, APE, which is A-P-E, and it's author, publisher, entrepreneur, um, by Guy Kawasaki. And it is it just awesome. Just awesome. It's all about how you write a book. Um, all the, uh, it's more about the logistics of writing and how you get it edited and all that other stuff. It, you know, I looked at, I probably bought 10 different books about how to write a book and read a, a bunch of different blogs and different bunch of other posts. And I got to say, quite honestly, I didn't use any of them and I just largely used just this one book. So the ape book, and I'll put a link into it in, in the show notes. The other tools I use, I use my laptop. So I use, I have a MacBook pro retina laptop that I used and I would have that, um, index cards, which, uh, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. You guys are going to probably be like, Jesus, he said index cards like 50 times. What's so big about index cards, but we'll get to that in a second. And then also, you know, one of the biggest tools I used was asking uh, three different friends to read and comment on my first draft. And I got to say, this was really enlightening by doing that. Um, and again, they're your friends. So they're going to give, they're not necessarily going to give you 100% honesty and tell you when 
they didn't like something. But what you can learn from your friends in reading is you'll learn what they really liked. Uh, and that will kind of tell you uh, what angle you want to take your book in. So what happened with me is the three friends I sent, um, I sent my book to the things that they liked uh, were largely, you know, were very similar and they, and they, they were like, wow, this part's really great. This part's really great. And they all said kind of the same parts. And I was really sort of um, surprised because some other, because some other parts of the book that I thought, you know, everybody would love, they kind of were like, eh, it's okay. And then the part that I thought would be, you know, kind of boring, they really dug. So it just kind of gave me a different frame of reference because again, when you're writing a book, you're in it so much that it's hard to really have a, um, an objective opinion of it. So those are the biggest tools I used. There are other tools that you can use. Uh, you can make this as high tech or as low tech as you want, but that's really what I did. Um, and then, you know, one thing I did want to mention here is about word count. So people are, are often or will often ask, well, how long does the book have to be? You know, how long does the book have to be? Um, does it need to be 50,000 words, 30,000 words, 100,000 words? How many pages is that? You know, what everyone's usually very focused on page count and word count. And, and quite honestly, I was too, when I first started writing, I was like, look, I don't want to write just some flimsy little book. I want something substantial. And so here's the thing about word count. Write a book write everything that, you know, just, just write until you've included everything you wanted to include. Okay. So like get everything on paper, get everything into the draft that you want to include. And then the second, don't worry about the word count. So that could be 20,000 words. That could be a hundred thousand words, whatever it is, make do it until you feel like, look, I've gotten everything in here that I want to get in here. And then the second thing about word count is, is that you have to edit mercilessly. So you have to need to look at your book and you need to look at it and say, what can I rip out of it? What can I rip out of this? What can I take out of this? And, and I'm going to warn you, I'm going to give you a warning that this part is really, really painful. Like it's hard to have written something and then read it and just realize that it doesn't fit. I did it. There were times where I was near tears because there were parts of the book that I was like, wow, this you know, this really, you know, I really put a lot of time and effort into writing this and, and, you know, it's really good, but quite honestly, it didn't fit. And I remember one night, you know, probably like one in the morning, I was looking at something about this sort of this expanded piece on, on, on business that I had in the book. And it just didn't fit with the rest of the book. Like it was good. The writing was good but it didn't fit. It didn't go along with the theme of the book. And so I took it out and that was a big bummer. I was really kind of bummed about that. I also took out a bunch of other anecdotes and, and some quotes out of the book that also were kind of the same boat that, that, you know, that, you know, they really resonated with me and I really liked them, but you know, I was thinking, well, you know, is this really going to be something that someone else is going to dig and is it worthwhile to somebody else? And I realized it really wasn't. So I took it out and then, and, you know, once I took it out, um, I, uh, you know, I think the finished product is way, you know, is, is way better. So editing mercilessly is really tough. You need to think about what can be ripped out, um, and realize that that part is definitely going to be painful, but ultimately 
you'll produce a better book when you do that. Okay. Let's talk about the actual writing process. So the actual writing process. So the very first thing in your writing process is to set a timeline, set a goal timeline. So think, pick an arbitrary date. Doesn't matter when the date is, but set a timeline. So when I was doing it, I wanted to get published at some point in, in, by the end of July, that was my goal. And I ended up publishing, I believe on July 4th, right on independence day. And I thought that that was really cool. But so pick an actual goal timeline of when you want to get the thing done. In terms of writing, we talked about before, figuring out when you're going to write, if you're going to write in the morning, you run at night on your lunch breaks, whatever, figure out when you do it and do it. And the second part of this is to embrace your writing streaks. So here's what I mean by that. So if you're on a streak of writing and things are just flowing smoothly and you've committed to writing for an hour and the hour is up, but all your juices are flowing things, you know, it's just flying um, out of your mind onto the page. Keep going. Don't stop. I, I would tell you to almost blow off everything else in your life um, until that streak is over. So, I mean, outside of like, you know, your family and if you're in a burning building or something, but embrace your streaks. I had plenty of times where I would start writing at 10 o'clock at night. I'd get to midnight and I knew I had to work the next day. And, uh, but things were just flowing I, and, and I would just keep going and I'd go till, you know, two in the morning. I think one time I went till three in the morning and, and I was definitely hurting the next day, but I got some of my best work done during those times. So embrace your streaks when you're on them. If you're, if you're a streaky writer the way I am, um, and you're in the middle of the streak, geez, the, the worst thing you can do is stop it. Embrace those streaks and keep going. Um, in terms of other things in the, uh, the fourth, uh, the, excuse me, the third thing in the actual writing process from a, from a tip perspective is to write now and edit later. So get everything on the page. Don't worry about spell check. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Get it all on the page because you're going to edit it later. You're going to edit it so many times. You're going to get sick of editing it. But for right now, just write it, get it on the page because you're going to edit it later. And then in terms of the other advice I would give you for the actual writing process is to try to do it daily. Try to stay in the flow of doing this every day. So, uh, you know, that was my thing. I tried to do it in the morning before work. I tried to do it at night and I tried, yeah, I found that if I skipped a few days, it just was really hard to get back into it. And, and I definitely skipped a few days and, and you know, quite honestly, it probably set me back a couple of weeks each time I did it because it just would, was out of the flow. Um, so try to do it daily. So I want to tell you a little bit about stuff that worked for me when I wrote and stuff that didn't work for me. Um, index cards worked for me. I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. Writing late at night worked for me. That really worked for me because my daughters were asleep. My wife was asleep. It was super quiet in my house and my dogs would just be sitting under, sitting under, under my desk while I just rode away. That was great. Uh, randomly for me, writing in crowded places with headphones on. So like a coffee shop. Um, uh, I wrote some on a, uh, in a library, you know, in a crowded library. Uh, but I, a lot in a coffee shop, quite honestly, you know, when it was really, really loud, um, but I would have my headphones on and, and you're around a lot of other people, but you're in your own world. So you've get, you're getting stimulus 
around you that I think helps with the writing and, and, but you're not having to interact with any of those people because you have your headphones on. So for whatever reason that worked for me, uh, you might try it and find that you hate it, <laughs> but uh, for me, it worked. Writing to music, that was really helpful to me. Uh, this is going to sound weird, but writing to the same song or same songs over and over and over and over and over and over again. So I listened to a ton of Red Hot Chili Peppers when I wrote this, when I wrote my book. I listened to a lot of classical music when I wrote the book. There's a song by a group called Almandrava, which is, I don't know anything about them. Um, I'll post a link to their song in the show notes, but I listened to that song. I would listen to that song on repeat uh, a couple hours at a time. And it was just a great writing song. So for me, that was something that was really, really, really helpful. Uh, a few things that didn't work for me is, you know, there was this writing program I found called Scrivener which was, I think it's probably a great program and it really helps you sort of organize your thoughts and you can do different sections and it makes it easier to edit. But for me, it was just overkill. Like I, I was better off just, you know, writing everything in word um, and then editing from there. So that didn't work. I tried a couple other online editors as well. That also didn't work. That was just kind of like, it just ended, it was just, made things way too complicated and I, it was easier to simplify it myself and do it myself. Um, something that definitely didn't work was trying to format the final version myself in word so that I could upload it to create space, which is Amazon's self publishing arm. Um, trying to do that was just like a living nightmare, uh, working word. I, I finally found somebody on Fiverr and paid them literally $50 to edit the version, the final version. It took them like a day. And honestly, that was a great lesson for me too, because I spent, you know, a couple of days on it, like pulling out my hair. And then I finally just hired somebody and they did it in a day. It was super easy. Uh, and that kind of goes along the line of the next one, which was making things more complicated than they, than they needed to be. And, and it just was, it got to the point where, I just realized that, you know, I needed to do something so that just to make this, the whole process easier. Cause I was like, I'm never going to finish this book if I keep complicating everything. The other thing I did, which, uh, just completely didn't work at all was writing the introduction first. And really at the end of the day, it's something you should really write last after you've written the book. Um, but I tried to write it first and it just, it just didn't work. <laughs> okay. With all of that in mind, let's talk about index cards. So I've been talking about them and referencing them for the whole show, but so let's talk about them. So I wrote this entire book, almost this entire book, um, outline everything else on index cards. And the reason I did it, and it's incredibly low tech, but super effective way to do it was that it's, you know, they're really easy to carry around. Obviously they're really easy to reorganize and, and it just was easy to do my outline. And I worked off of an outline. So basically how you do a book outline or how I did the book outline was, you know, combine the book into three to four main sections. So in my book, and I'm actually looking at my table of contents as we speak, um, I have the hero heart and then I have um, <clears throat> hero mind, hero confidence, hero living, and then hero up your career. So 
Uh, I think I had one, was that one, two, three, four, five, five main sections. And then in each section, I had uh, five to eight subsections. So in Hero Heart, it would, you know, the first section was Heroes Lead the Way. Then it was the journey from zero to hero. And then how to get started on your hero journey, mastering love and relationships, how to build trust, find inner peace in any challenge. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So six sections in that main section. <clears throat> and so that was the easiest way to do it was to do the outline first. So really the first thing to do with the index cards is to break out what sections of the book that you want to have. So what are the main sections of your book? How are they going to be organized? Okay. And then put in all of the subsections that you think for each of those sections. Sometimes you'll just have a topic and you won't necessarily know where to put it. So that I know that happened with me um, when I was looking at um, the hero uh, um, mastering love and relationships. You know, when I first wrote it, I was like, wow, this is, you know, I really like it and it really fits. But where am I going to put something about mastering love, sex, and relationships? Is that going to be under hero mind, confidence, living, heart? And I, I kind of got back to heart. And I was like, all right, it fits more in this section. So had I not been using index cards, it would have been really, really difficult to organize that. And so what I used to do with my index cards, I would carry them around and I would keep the blank ones in the front. And anytime I had a thought, an idea, or whatever, I would write it on a card. And I was always, I would always go back to those, um, during the writing time, my writing time, it was super easy to organize. The other cool thing was anytime I wanted to, uh, use a quote or I had a quote that I wanted to use, I would write it on, um, those cards. And then I would intersperse those cards in this, in the sections themselves. So I would have hero heart and I'd have other different sections. And then I had different quotes within those sections, just easy to build an outline and you could move things around. Um, and in terms of using quotes, what I would tell you, if you use them, it's fantastic. If you choose not to, that's also fantastic. But use whoever you are inspired by or whoever moves you. So don't worry if they're random or unusual. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've got stuff, like I said before, from Tupac, from Tom Brady, from my grandmother, from my uh, two of my uh, uh, CrossFit coaches, Eric and Blake. And the way I use quotes is I, I threw a quote in every, every other page or so. Um, the index cards were also good to gather anecdotes. So like little snippets, little, you know, bite-sized stories that might only be a paragraph long or a couple sentences and you throw those in. What you got to remember about when you're writing a book is that you want to break up the monotony of just seeing a bunch of text on a page. And so you have to have quotes in there. It's great to have anecdotes, little stories, make it easy for your reader to read. It's just way, uh, way simpler that way. So that was the thing about index cards. I could be at a coffee shop, roll them out. I could be waiting in line, um, you know, at the DMV and have them in there and I could flip through them and they would help me become organized and help me get everything um, that I needed to get out, out. That was something that was, it was just hugely beneficial for me was to use index cards. So I can't say enough about them, quite honestly. And so the last piece I want to talk about is actually publishing the book. So now you've written your book, um, you've edited it. Um, the, the, by far the easiest way to publish a book is to use CreateSpace by Amazon, which is their self-publishing arm. 
Um, they basically you upload a finished manuscript to them. Uh, they give it an ISBN code, or excuse me, ISBN number and everything else. So you're, you know, so that you're all set there. It's just an easy way to do it. I'm not going to belabor it, uh, uh, the point here. I'll put a link to CreateSpace in the show notes, but that's by far my biggest recommendation is just to use CreateSpace. Um, you also need to find a graphic designer to do your book cover if you're not going to do it yourself. So what I did was I also just went on Fiverr. Uh, I posted there. I also posted on 99designs, held a contest on 99designs, actually got the book cover done on 99designs. And I, I think it was a, you know, a few hundred bucks. Um, and I had you know 60 different book covers to choose from. I sent my final draft to an editor. So uh, once I had gotten everything cleaned up and sent it to uh, a few friends and they edited it and I'd redlined it and gotten everything out. And I'd got, I, I, you know, I got it in what I believed <laughs> to be perfect, perfect condition, perfectly grammatically correct. No spelling errors, no punctuation errors, just perfect. I sent it to an editor and this was an enlightening experience because when I got it back from the editor, I thought that like a red pen had exploded on my book because there were so many little things that I had missed that she found that when I read them, they were, you know, they became painfully obvious of what they were. And it was just, you know, it was again, probably the best couple hundred bucks I ever spent was sending it to her. Cause what you don't want to do is you don't want to publish something that looks amateurish, right? Like you don't want to do something that at the end of the day is going to look amateurish to your uh, to your readers. And, and if you've got, you know, a period out of place or the wrong voice or the right, wrong context, that's what can happen. So that's one of the things I did was send it to an editor. Um, once I had that done, so at the, at the same time I was getting the graphic design done in the book cover, sent the final draft to the editor, she sent it back to me and it was done. So once I had the final, final, very final version, the next thing I did was I wrote an acknowledgements page so an, an acknowledgements page is the thing that goes in the front of the book. And honestly, it's the most fun thing you can do to write or the most fun thing to write, because this is where you get to thank a variety of different people. Um, you know, like, so in mine, I wrote, you know, uh, I want to thank my wife, my daughters, my mom and dad, my grandmother, uh, the red hot chili peppers, my crazy uncle Patrick, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it just, it's really fun to write that. And so you write that. You put that in the front and then you send that off to a formatter. So a formatter is a lot different than an editor. So the editor is going to take out all the grammatical errors, spelling, punctuation errors, all of that stuff, right? Wrong tenses, whatever it is. A formatter takes your final document, the thing that's, that, that the editor has completed, and then they're going to format it in the format so that CreateSpace can publish and print your book. So, the, you know, the, the best format for traditional nonfiction or even fiction books is really six by nine. So six inches by nine inches. So you send it to a formatter with the CreateSpace guidelines, and then they'll send you back your book in that format. That's the thing that was, you know, the easiest thing to get done. And, and, and quite honestly, I found that person on Fiverr and it cost me 50 bucks because it probably took them an hour to, you know, to set it all up. So really I wrote this entire book and did everything. And the only outside help I had 
was getting a book cover done, which cost a couple hundred bucks, uh, having an editor edit it, which also cost a couple hundred bucks and sent it to a four, send it to a formatter. So the whole thing, at the end of the day, cost me less than $500, I, I believe, to do everything. And that's how I published the book. I used CreateSpace, uh, uploaded the book cover, uploaded the formatted final version that I'd gotten from the editor. And then I picked the launch day and I picked July 4th, 2016. And, uh, you know, that's how I did it. And I used CreateSpace to publish it out. And so again, going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning, you know, publishing a book is such an amazing feat. People do definitely look at you differently when they find out that you wrote a book. Um, I, you know, even I've been honored and, and blessed enough to run into people who be like, oh my God, I just read your book. Or, you know, I saw you posted on Facebook that you wrote this book. I read it and, and I had several comments from people um, and some great reviews from people who read it and really dug it. And it's just, it's so empowering and it just feels so good. And it's such a sense of accomplishment. It makes you feel like you can really do anything. And again, that's part of this podcast is really, is one of the things about making your life epic is really giving you the ability to seize opportunities and really use different things to empower your life and empower yourself to make your life uh, even better than you can imagine. And that's, I firmly believe that um, writing a book can help you do that. And, you know, in, in the time it took me to write this book, which is about, about a six month, you know, a six month time period. I mean, I went through a lot of Jim Chati. I listened to a lot of music. Um, I probably wore out my Spotify. Thank you, Spotify for allowing me to make my own playlist. Um, and, and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work in addition to everything else I was doing, but I'm so uh, proud to have gotten this accomplished. And, and I, by all means, I'm not saying that I wrote like the world's best manuscript, best book in the entire world, but I'm very proud of what I got done. And I think you will be as well. And I think that when you become a published author, especially if you're not someone who is a writer, there's just a sense of accomplishment you'll get afterwards will, will well be worth uh, well be worth it. And so, uh, I really encourage you to think about writing a book and putting something on paper. And if you've got any questions about that, by all means, feel free to email me. I'm happy to help you in any way I can. My email is jim at jimsimco.com, jim at jimsimco.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I'll have more on this stuff in the future and I'll put everything we talked about in the show notes as well. Thanks again, guys. Hope you guys have a great day. Hey, thanks for checking out the Make Life Epic podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. For more information, check out jimsimco.com, jimsimco.com. And as always, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. Those really help us out a lot. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Have a fantastic day.